Edwards, right side. Yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! Looks, he hits, throws the right yes! side. Yes! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And we're coming back to you after another Packers loss. They just can't find ways to win as of late. Their fourth loss in a row, they fall to 2-5 and five on the season. This latest loss versus the Minnesota Vikings at Lambeau Field. It was tough to watch. This team is not getting any easier to watch as the weeks go on. Braun, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Griff. Happy Halloween, buddy. And boy, I am scared. Certainly. I don't know about you, but I am scared. (laughs) It's a scary, scary Halloween for me and everybody else in Packerland. Yeah, like I said, fourth straight loss in a row. And the worst part is that it never feels all that close. It always feels like the Packers are the clear worst team in all of these losses this year and it's because you know what they probably are this team is so young and as they keep losing games and as there are there continues to be no signs of progress it feels like it's getting late real early here in green bay isn't it well if you would like to send in your take on the season on the play of the quarterback on the job of the head coach Um, You can do so by calling us at 920-412-7997 to leave a voicemail and potentially get featured on the show. If you'd rather send in your email, you can do so by emailing us at todayinsightletown at gmail.com. Send in your takes so we can do more uh, Packers therapy episodes, reading out all of you guys' wonderful takes on this dreadful season so far. It has been a dreadful season. And these emails and voicemails, well, a bit of a silver lining. It's something to look forward to at the very least. I cannot believe how much Packers therapy we've had to do these last several weeks and this season. I mean, we're on episode five. It's it's, it's you ridiculous. can't believe it. Although I do believe it, it's just sad that it's a reality for us. And uh, I'm getting sick and tired of listening to you guys whine and moan about how bad this team is. <laughs> I'm I'm joking, but uh, yeah, and they're just, they're sick of listening to yeah, us whining. They probably feel ten times that for us. So. Uh, I don't. I mean, and we're gonna do it again. Surprise, surprise. But uh, yep, another another show of us whining. Now nah, I'm just kidding. Honestly, I don't think we're gonna whine that much today because yeah, what's changed? Well, I don't we even know what again. to say about it's, this game. Know, same idea. Yeah, we suck again. They still suck. Breaking news: the Packers still suck, and they still don't know how to run plays on offense. I mean, all right, that's it for this week. Make sure to send us your <laughs> takes and follow us on Instagram. I mean, look, I I think uh, what's what's my biggest issue right now is the question I'm asking myself in my head. And to answer that aloud for the audience, I would say, I don't know. (laughs) Great. This is why they listen. I'm just doing what Jair did in the press conference after the game. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. You know? He said, I don't know, 11 times in his post-game press conference. And he almost started to answer several questions. And then he just, like, quit. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. By the end of that video, I was laughing. But anyways, everything is so bad. The play calling is really starting to bother me. At the beginning of the season, it took me a while to really acknowledge the problem with the play calling, but as of now, oh my god, I can't take any more inside zones from shotgun. Ugh. I can't take any more third and third and one runs up the middle that gets stuffed. I can't take it anymore. They make it so difficult and some of the calls are just so bad and putting guys in tough spots. 
and asking players to do things that these young guys can't do. Matt calls plays like we have the best offensive line in the in the NFL, which makes no sense to me. He also calls plays like they can pass protect for five seconds. And Jordan sits in the pocket like they can pass protect for five seconds. It really feels like they're in denial about the play of the offensive line. And further evidence of that is last week, Adam Stenovich saying that Josh Myers is playing the best football of his career, which is... Uh, if you've watched more than two snaps of Packers football this year, you probably laughed when I just said that. Before we go full big picture, we got to talk about this game against the Vikings. Um, uh, the story coming out of it was the 11 penalties, I think. 99 total yards on 11 accepted penalties. That was the most penalty yards that Matt LaFleur has ever had in a, in a game as coach of the Packers. And Green Bay is now officially the most penalized team in the league with over seven penalties per game. The penalties are drive killers, especially in the first half of this game, because in the first quarter, up until their last drive of the first half, they didn't, they couldn't get a first down. They had four consecutive three and outs to open the game. That is the stuff that really wants to make you smash your head against a wall, because that really shows that something is wrong. You know, this would not be happening every single week if something wasn't wrong. Once again, they can't score a touchdown in the first half. They're held to three points at halftime, and it wasn't even shocking. You know, two weeks ago, it was surprising. By now, it's just like, yep, they suck in the first half. And then in the third quarter, they're going to play a little bit better, and it's not going to surprise anyone when they do that either. That's just who they are right now, and it's so weird. I don't know what the deal is with that. I really don't know what that is. I think that's something that is maybe unquantifiable that goes into the, the leadership aspects of head coach and various other coaching positions because it's just it comes down to your guys not being ready to play when there are 15 minutes left in the first quarter you know on the third play of the game for the Packers the first third down of the game the first drive of the game the Packers run an RPO staple of floor play love keeps it goes to throw it to the flat and no one's running their route and so Jordan's got to run around and make a circus play which, if you know what play I'm talking about, that was, by by the way, maybe the best throw of his entire career so far. But the fact that that's happening on the first series, the first third down, the third play of the game, that speaks to something. Five games, Griff, without a first-half touchdown. Five games in a row. They haven't scored more than three points and a half in their last five. They've scored nine points total in their last five first halves. I mean, goodness gracious. That is some of the most pathetic stuff you've ever heard. This is not just a, a growing pain or or like an early state. This is just like a, a historically bad offense. This is historically bad, and the quarterback has a lot to do with it, but there's a lot of other factors, and it's, it's not just one thing. It's almost too much blame where you don't know what's good enough and what's not truly good enough, and it's hard to judge Jordan. And if you were planning on using this year uh, from a coaching and a front office standpoint to, to judge Jordan Love and see if he's fit to lead your team for the next 10 to 15 years, then failing to surround him with adequate targets to, to truly have an impact and make plays that he can overcome other players' issues and, and elevate a, a team, those things, you can't really evaluate him, so it doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure what they're going to get evaluation-wise out of Jordan Love, other than anything negative with this offense that they have, the way they're playing, whether it's his fault 
whether it's the rookie's fault, the receivers, the tight ends, the O-line, the play calling, the coaching, whatever, they're not going to be able to differentiate it, honestly, and it's going to be all a wash, or all they'll have to go on is the bad that the entire offense has been all year. So it's nothing but bad right now, and you can't really say that he's played well enough because the offense as a whole is just not good enough. There's not much you can say, really. Yeah, that was the the worst-case scenario for this season, is the team being so bad that you have no idea what to make of Love's play because everything is just too poor around him. And that's where a lot of folks are right now. I don't really feel that way. And I think there are reasons for concern. You know, even though that this is... You know, in theory, this is the first year of a multi-year rebuild. It's going to be a long time until this process plays out. And this is year number one. And all these guys are going to be veterans two years from now. You know, there is that perspective. But then I also feel like, okay, why does Goody really have enough good faith to trust him with a three, four year rebuild like this? With this quarterback, does this quarterback have to be part of it? It feels like this quarterback does have to be part Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Because of everything we just said. Yeah, and, and then I think about if you're trying to have something fresh and start something new this season and, and build something better and, and whatever the case is, then do you see Joe Barry as your defensive coordinator of the future? Because if not, <laughs> then otherwise, I mean, then why keep him this year? And why keep him in week seven and week eight? And why keep him in week nine? Because if he's not the defensive coordinator of the future in your eyes, then what is it all for? And if, if the Jordan Love isn't the quarterback of the future, then this year is a waste of our time. And and it's all just... I don't think they're going to make up their mind this year. I don't think they're going to. I don't think not. it how matters how bad he plays from here how on could out. You they're make not going to make up their mind. How, how could you make up your mind when there's He's nothing? going to have next season. Oh, oh we know and that. And then what if next season we bring in a couple other guys who underperform and we get the same thing... And then does this just keep going on and on and on? Because that's what other NFL teams do quite often. That's where the Giants are with Daniel Jones right now, you know? Part like, of me that does is quarterback wonder, purgatory. Yes, part of me does wonder that, okay, it is year four. He's not a rookie. It's not like we've just let him walk in. He, it's year four. We have to really let that sink in. This is not a rookie. Is he a first-year starter? Yes. But this is year four of his football career in the NFL with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. All of these years, and he's been with Romeo. He's been running second string with all these guys that are playing first string now. I mean, this is a real thing. And you really feel like you would know by now at some level. I just really think you would know. Really seriously, like it's like the high school basketball player. Like if you were going to if you were going to the NBA, you would know by now. We're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for something like, and you get like one throw, like the one to Romeo that got called back because of an ineligible man downfield. That he finally did something exciting off schedule, escaped a sack and threw that perfect football to the Romeo on the sideline. Great play for both sides. What a great play! That was special, right? But that was the one you get in like the last three weeks and it's like is that enough I don't know it's Mm -hmm. early in his starting career but he's also been on the field with us for this is going to be he's going into his eighth game as the starter and we're not seeing the consistency that you need from a starting quarterback and the turnovers are only going up and whether it's he's fumbling now or the, the interception which was not I don't think that was his fault a lot of people are saying he underthrew that ball to me that was less of an underthrow than is being stated but the, the the ball's still getting picked off. It's still get the the ball's getting turned over. 
and the offense is not what do we we didn't have a first down in the first half or something crazy or whatever like these not until the last drive of the first half I mean did we what get first in down. the world? we opened the game with 4-3 I mean outs. we've never done that in Green Bay even when we were at our worst with Aaron Rodgers we're still throwing it to Devonte and getting like multiple conversions and doing things that Rodgers does always, it's not that anymore. Now it's just a bunch that's of nothing. That's not this team. That's not this team. Now the quarterback is not confident. The skill position players aren't good, and there's also a penalty on every other play. So on Jordan Love, on a throw by throw basis yesterday, there's not much to criticize his performance for. He played just fine. But the concerning thing for me is that he's not elevating the offense at all. He is, right now, he's very reliant on his supporting cast. And, you know, they're not playing well. They don't separate. There are not very many wide-open looks. But there are plenty of windows. Braun, you and I, we watched the film of every dropback right after the game yesterday. And... Make no mistake, there are opportunities for chunk plays. There are plays that are available. Now, these windows are, they're not easy throws. They are big boy throws that Jordan Love, he's not even attempting. And I think a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL do hit these throws. You, you said they're big boy throws yesterday, Griffin. What did I say right back to you? He's a big boy. This is year four. This is year four. Yeah. He is not a little baby. It's an NFL throw. I was so afraid coming into this year and whenever we were going to transition to Jordan, I've been saying it for the last two years, whenever we were going to you know, have him as the quarterback, the babying him was the last thing I wanted and I knew it was going to happen and I said, we can't. You knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. The standard coming. is the standard in Green Bay. The standard is the standard. Excellent elite quarterback play is the standard. I don't care anymore what, what year you are, how many games you've played. You're here for a reason. You are slotted in the starting quarterback role for Green Bay for a reason because you're going to be elite and you're going to carry this team when it has nothing left and you're going to make this offense the best offense in the NFL when it matters most. That is what the Green Bay quarterback does over the course of the history of our franchise. And if you are not that, we are moving on to find the guy who will. And that is all we are in Green Bay. It's true for us because of the quarterback history, but that's true for the approach of most NFL teams as well. Most NFL teams don't want to sit here with an average quarterback, you know? Because everyone knows how much value the quarterback, the elite quarterback brings to your team. Your Super Bowl chances go through the roof when you have an elite quarterback compared to an average one. So teams are always, always trying to find the next guy. Green Bay, we have no idea how they're going to operate at that position because they've had a Hall of Famer there for 30 years now. So we don't know what they're going to do. I'm very worried they're going to st- they're going to sit here with Jordan Love and give him more time and more time and more time. He is under contract through next season. So it sounds like next year is going to be a God, doesn't that suck? We can't even be a we can't get excited about anything until at least a year and a half down the road. I'm not even sure what the direction of this team will be. I mean, the trade deadline is Halloween, right? What we're recording this prior to the trade deadline, so but I don't know what they will do. Will they just probably stand pat and do nothing? Yes, but there's a chance they might trade a player that is a good football player, a veteran for us. 
I don't know what the direction of this team is. And because, again, we have veterans across the entire defense that put you in a position that you feel like you can win a Super Bowl with this defense. Then they keep the coach who is the, has been there, but you don't think he's going to be a part of the future the way that the defense has been playing. It just makes no sense. So this is a rebuild year, but yet you choose not to rebuild the defense. And they're going to have to start from scratch on defense, probably from a player and coaching standpoint next year, when you could have gotten a jump on that and try to actually do what you're supposed to do in a rebuild this year instead of delaying it when you're trying to win at some point. All that said, the offense is the complete and total opposite. They've completely rebuilt it. It's all young guys, new quarterback, new receivers, new O-line. Even David Bakhtiari, the one veteran that was truly, truly had been here with Aaron and others, he's out. And his future is clearly unknown. He may come back next year, we hope. And that's if he wants to resign or they want him back, whatever. They've got nothing but youth. It's just complete opposites. They're not even playing complimentary football off the field. I mean, they don't know which... What are they doing? Are they rebuilding or are they a Super Bowl caliber franchise? It just makes no sense. What's the direction of this franchise? Nobody knows. Nobody in that building seems to know. And I would like to know, certainly, because we have a future of winning that we hope to be the case, but I don't see how that's going to be. I was about to say that they're just treading water as a franchise, but that's not true because right now they're currently drowning quite rapidly at 2-5. and five. Currently hold the sixth overall pick in the draft. Hey, I'm ready for tank season, baby. I'm always ready for tank season, especially in a season like this. Ugh, I don't care anymore. I would like to see Sean Clifford just because I want to know what he has. Not anything against love. But um, that's just where I am as a, as a football fan. But that game from Jordan Love, that was honestly, it was a good game on the Jordan Love scale. I think that was some of his high-end play. And by that, I mean his best games are dependent on guys making plays, right? He was giving his guys plenty of opportunities all day. They just weren't making plays. If Christian had caught a couple of his end zone targets or if Jaden came down with the ball that was intercepted, this would have been perceived as one of Jordan's best games ever just based on the stats and they probably would have won the game. You know, this was very similar to the Saints game from Jordan, which was the last game that we won. Um, But in the second half of that game, the receivers were catching all of their contested targets. It was the same formula. It was just the, the results were different. And I said at the time after the Saints game that living off of contested catches as an offense is not a great strategy because contested catches are, they're very noisy. They're low percentage shots to use a a basketball term. But at the same time, they're kind of stuck because these guys don't separate. Jordan doesn't like targeting tight windows and throwing jump balls is just how this team has to live or die. That interception was the most mad I think I've been all season. To watch that ball that was practically caught by Jaden Reed somehow get picked. I can confirm that. I mean, you know, Griff, because we kind of were on the, uh, we're watching together. That was by far the most angry you've been all year. That was just, I was screeching. I mean, not literally, but I was quite mad. I was, I mean, I was, I, I had a few screams when that play happened. I certainly had a few screams and that was just as aggravating as it gets. I mean, what else could go wrong? Answer that for me, Griff. Is there anything <laughs> else that could that could go wrong? Well, no, they suck. They suck. You know what? I was just reminded of a great idea I came up with yesterday. How about this, Braun? They're two and five. They got to start getting creative now. Tush push with AJ Dillon under center. I bet that gets five a pop. 
I love it. So as we enter week nine, these are the things that I will be watching for and rooting for. Things like the A.J. Dillon tush push. I'm going to see that. I think that they should try that because I don't see why not. And it probably picks up more than their other run plays. It probably picks up more than outside zone. It probably picks up more than the screen pass on third and eight that we love the most. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> Just a mess. The whole offense is a mess. Ugh. I don't know what else to say. Hey, to quote Matt LaFleur, we're a mess right now. Yeah, and Jordan Love thinks we're really close. Our leaders can't even agree on where we're headed. What's the direction of this team? Forget identity. We don't. Even, our identity is we suck. What's the direction of the future? <laughs> where are we headed? Can we agree on that? No, apparently not. I want someone to tell me what the plan is, and they never Nobody will. Nobody ever says. You know, for good reasons, probably. But Matt LaFleur oh has my God, continued what, to just... What is their plan right Matt now? Matt LaFleur has just continued to say nothing every week at the press conference. He's laughing up there today, giggling. Uh, we need to be better. <laughs> we need to be better. Oh, really? Wait, are you really complaining about the fact that he was laughing at his press conference? I'm, I mean, what I, I don't, I'm not saying the guy should walk around crying all day. But I mean, like he's had the first thing he's doing. He gets up there, he's laughing like we're not two and five, and the, and he's talking about we need to be better. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Anybody with two eyes could coach that. We need to be better. Thanks, Matt. I just don't think they're not going to get any better this season. No, they're not. It would take some really crazy stuff, some run the table type of magic. Don't even for utter those words. The guy who would only do that isn't here anymore. <laughs> How dare you? We're not getting any table running from Jordan Love. Let's read an email. Um, this might be the only email I read today, but um, it's from front of the show, Jack Moran. Uh, he says, welcome to quarterback purgatory, gentlemen. Now I know uh, how a lot of teams have felt over the years watching their quarterback struggle in this league. We're all rooting for Love, but man, oh man, the patience is wearing thin. I thought he played well the first three games of the season, except for the fourth quarter in Atlanta, but it seems like teams finally have tape on him. I think D coordinators see how he struggles throwing the ball deep. He puts too much air on those throws, and safeties who run 4-4-40s are knocking down his throws or picking his passes off. You just have to keep one safety back, basically, and play center field on his deep passes, or he just overthrows the receiver. He hasn't really connected on deep passes this season so far. I mean, I can count on one hand how many deep throws he's made. I want to see him do well. I'm rooting for him. It seems like he is in a very tough spot right now. Newsflash, Matt LaFleur. It's time to do something new with this offense because whatever you're doing now isn't working. Please, an offensive touchdown in the first half this week. I'm not quite sure we've hit rock bottom yet, but we're getting close. Need to win desperately this Sunday. See, now Jack is... It makes, he sounds like Jack is still in, inspired to win games and potentially turn this season around. That's not... I cannot relate to that. I just think back to... When it gets close to Thanksgiving like it is and we're approaching November and we're at Halloween now, you're getting on those the playoff machines and we're talking about what we need to get the one seed or what we need to make the playoffs if it's not a great, even great last year. year. Yeah, even last year. Even last, last year. Last year, I Which everyone out. always points to as like, Roger sucks, this offense was bad last year too. But even last year, we were we had a path to the playoffs. And we had the quarterback to take us there. And I remember I mapped out, when everybody was already talking about draft picks, I mapped out what we would need to do to make the playoffs. And I said, I think we can do it. I like our chances. I think the things that need to happen will happen. And then we got all the way to the end. And we lost that tough game. That was the craziest moment of your entire career, I think. If you if you weren't a listener last season, what had happened was we we lost what five games in a row I think maybe even six. It in a was row. something terrible. We lost five games in a row. I was ready to give up. I was ready for Jordan Love to start the end of last season, 
And Braun is sitting here with his green and yellow glasses on, talking about the path to the playoffs. I'm like, dude, get out of here. After we beat the Bears week 13, I'm like, Braun, you're wasting so much time. And I remember telling you, like, imagine you need a coin to flip heads 50 times in a row. I had no faith. And then you get to week 17, week 18, and it's like, oh my God, the Packers control their own destiny. All these things that Braun laid out five weeks ago are coming true. (laughs) I don't know how this happened. I don't know how the quarter came up heads 50 times in a row. I mean, I remember when we won in week 17 against the Vikings and blew them out like that. And like, that was when I was really, we were going to do this. And then you just... That was one of the best days of the last two or three years of my yeah, life, I think. That personally. Game, great memory. Yeah, in your personal life, I'd say, for sure. And, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, no, but like, actually, I, that, that was when I was like, wow, all we need to do, we literally, we, all we needed to do was beat the Lions. And that, I mean, tough game, whatever happens. I mean, just, that was a sad ending to the era of what we had going on, but, it, it, at least then we had hope. Yeah, well, I was still right in the end because they didn't make the playoffs. So. Okay, smarty pants. I, I should be the one victory lapping yeah, here. I was great. right. And uh, so... They didn't get 50 straight heads. 49. They got 49 in the yeah. tails. Yep. Tails never fails. So we now are, are stuck in... We don't have hope. At least last year I had hope. Griff never has hope, but this year I don't even have hope. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're just all hopeless. I have hope sometimes. Not this year. Years before, I had hope. MVP seasons, I had hope. 2014, I had hope. I had a lot of hope 2014. Ask my mom. Okay, I'm going to take the wheel from Griff and say, please, nobody ask Griffin's mom about that, please. <laughs> I was confident back then. Last year, I wasn't confident, and I was right. So, And this year, once again, not very confident. And they've yet to prove me prove me wrong this year. Um, Jack also talks about the Jordan Love's inability to hit the deep ball. Isn't that ugly to watch? You know, it looks so difficult. Like, why can't we just do what we did last year? Like, send Christian on a go and just throw it deep and, like, complete it. Right? How hard is it to hit Christian Watson on a deep shot? How hard is it? Is he not able to beat people one-on-one anymore in man coverage because he did that consistently last year? No, he can. It's just, like, teams know how to play him, you know? It's easy to play the speed threat, I guess. I mean, it's just... And Jordan, or, I mean, Christian just isn't a very... He's not very nuanced beyond running straight, The offense is a different... It's a completely different offense without Aaron. It's just, they're not... Like, Matt's not really letting Jordan take the reins. It's... It's not. No, it's I just know. not Sunday, reality. For the for the first time this season on Sunday, it felt like wow, Rodgers was really audibling out of a lot of these plays. <laughs> like, the, I think it was probably the third or fourth time they ran inside zone on third and one. That's when I realized, like, oh my god, how do they keep doing this crap? And they they go nowhere. Four three and outs to open the game. Good God, that doesn't happen with Aaron. Not even. Because he's a good quarterback, just because he probably audibles out of these stupid plays. He would have gotten to something that would have worked by that point. I mean, that just doesn't happen in Green Bay with him. How, as a coach, have you not figured out why things always work in the third quarter and why things don't work in the first quarter? Like, how is how hard is that to figure it out? It's part of probably the penalties is like don't there's help. some level of urgency that changes. Oh, we got to go. Yeah, and the penalties, that's an urgency thing too. That's, a you know, being ready to freaking play at the start of the first quarter when they have to play hurry up and when they start going hurry up it seems to work more too and they always they never go to that either i mean 
It's it's the same stuff we were yeah. talking about. Jordan feels much more decisive in hurry up. Yeah, because they got to do it. It's nice. it's like they got to hit like he it's that's a great point, Griff. I mean, the decisiveness is something he struggles with throughout the entire game up until when they got to get something and then they start rolling and moving the ball when they're in hurry up or when they're in 2 minute. It seems like at the end of every whatever quarter or whatever like in the, whether it's the second quarter or they're going towards it at the end when they need something that's when they actually end up getting that field goal that they need or not even need, just getting points on the board. Like when you're down, what were they down, 10-3 to at half or whatever it was, they need to get points there in that certain amount of time and they're hurrying up and they're completing passes. They get down the field, they kick the field goal, and that's the only time they got points that whole half. Jordan just, he he turns down open reads a lot, a lot more than people realize. For example, the sack he took in the first quarter on 2nd and five. Rashid Walker, you know, terrible play from Rashid, gives up an easy sack to the edge defender. But Jordan was sitting there upwards of three seconds, three and a half seconds. Like, you have to know to get the ball out by now. Not to mention, directly down the middle of the field, straight looking straight at the goalpost, you've got Jaden Reed on a post. Again, it's a tough throw. It's not a wide open window. But that is a throw that I think Matt LaFleur probably wants his quarterback to make. And it's a throw that other young quarterbacks are able to make at this stage in their career. And they hit it consistently, you know? Jordan's not even attempting these throws. Is that a confidence thing? Is it a fear of being picked off? Is it a trying to avoid the turnovers? I don't know what it is. But it's especially over the middle of the field, he tends to turn these things down. And Aaron did that too, I know. But Aaron did a lot of other things to make up for that. It's really surreal how tough times are, and to see this level of play in Green Bay is just really tough to watch, Griff. The defense, it's even harder to talk about because, like, we really know what to expect from them. We're on year three of Joe Barry. We know what to expect from them. And that is, this is my take on the Green Bay Packers defense under Joe Barry. Again, year three of this now. Against teams that can't play quarterback and or have an outdated scheme, our defense is probably going to look very good. Against a good quarterback and or a progressive modern scheme, Joe Barry's defense is going to get diced to pieces. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday. Kirk Cousins played like a good quarterback. He played like Tom Brady, honestly. He could not miss all game. And the Packers defense, especially in the secondary, giving up completion after completion, man. Yeah, they suck really badly, and they're hurt. <laughs> and uh, they're just not good either. And the beautiful the beautiful play of the day was not the Preston Smith pass breakup, and he played a phenomenal game, clearly in the secondary and uh, in terms of pass rush, but the play of the day was when Joe Barry sent a two-man rush and Kirk Cousins, oh my! I was about to say, Kirk this. Cousins completed rush. a pass within one second of the snap. So the two-man rush really got to him. And then not only were there nine men oh in coverage that couldn't stop it, but uh, so it was probably about nine on four uh, in coverage, and and the coverage was not successful. Well, what happened is you had a rub route, and Jonathan Owens fell. Simone Biles couldn't save him there. <laughs> whose idea was the two-man rush that's such a meme it's such a meme the two the joe barry two-man rush look out well they got the right preston I mean, smith locking up your favorite tight end look yeah, out you want uh you definitely want them to throw the ball quickly 
on a two-man rush, not that I know much about that kind of play call because it's never existed, but if you're going to only <laughs> rush two guys, if you're going to only rush two guys, then I would suggest that you hope the ball gets out quickly. And it did. It just got completed to a wide-open wide receiver somehow. <laughs> wide-open <laughs> So, yeah. See, it's just like, we're at the point in the year where I can't help but laugh and stuff like this, man. It's just so funny. Uh, the, the worst part about the entire game was Jair's performance. I really hate when Jair plays poorly because people are so annoying, man. He had a very bad game. I wonder what his PFF grade was. If I had to guess, I would guess in the 40s. It was, ooh, 55. He had a tough game out there on Sunday, especially against Jordan Addison. Uh, it felt like early on, especially, Kirk was just kind of picking on him against Addison. He gave up the touchdown where he just got blown past. Not a great day for Jair. And, Bron, we were kind of talking about this last night. I wonder how much of a factor it is when you have an offense that cannot score points and your defense at some point, when you're losing game after game, they have to feel like, whether consciously or subconsciously, you know what, it doesn't really matter what we do here. Because the offense isn't going to score. And now, none of these players would ever admit this, but I think it is a subconscious, human emotion type of thing that goes on with veteran players on bad teams. And the Packers' defense, there are guys like Kenny Clark. Why is Kenny Clark not playing well right now? He's playing poorly right now. Why is that? Why is Devondre Campbell not looking like himself? Why is Jair giving up these big plays to Jordan Addison? Is it that these guys are just, you know, they're having they're all having down years? Is it the coaching? I don't know, but I feel like as the Packers continue to lose games, the mentality of the team, I think, is going to seep in in a negative way and continue to do so. That's just me uh, spitballing here, though. No, I, I totally agree. We, I've said things like that before, I, and we're pretty much on the same page there. I think a lot of it is like, what are you playing for? It's not, like, always urgent. I mean, an urgency the players are dilated a little bit and they get up a little bit more. It's that 1%, that 0.1%, whatever it is, that, that and if you add that up between 11 guys, that's a big boost to a, an entire group on defense. And these guys are not playing with that same fire. They're playing football. They're not playing like it's the playoffs or they're not playing like we each game, each play is significant. And that's because it's not. I mean, we're 2-5, and five and we suck on offense. All those things combined, it makes it less and less. And they're not playing well on defense either. Yeah, so it's I mean, like... a lot of... Who's playing hard for Joe Barry, I wonder? It's hard to answer that question from an outside perspective. Yeah, no one's playing hard for... It's hard... I imagine it's hard to trust your defensive play caller when he's got you running a two-man rush on third down. This sucks, Griff, so I don't know. Not much else to say. Just... Those that's the situation. That's how we evaluate it as fans. It's just tough to watch, and that's what we feel like is wrong overall. But the solutions probably above our pay grade, but and and a lot of things that we probably won't do. So continue to see similar, maybe a one man rush next week, and we'll see how that one goes. At this point, I'm rooting for chaos. That would be hilarious. Um. Yeah, let's just get keep getting weird, Joe. Keep getting weird. Um, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks for listening this far. If you'd like to send us your takes, you can do so by emailing us at todayintitletown at gmail.com or by calling the number 920-412-7997. Call the number, leave a voicemail, potentially get featured on the show on the next episode. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at alldaypackers. Braun is on Instagram at lambo.leapers. Follow the show on Instagram at todayintitletown. We're both on threads. 
I'm a little more active on threads than Braun. Braun, you got to catch up, bro. I'm killing it in the threads game. Keep it up, young buck. <laughs> wow, thanks. Um, yeah, so we'll be back. Um, Packers playing the Rams this week. Maybe no Stafford. We'll see how that goes. But we'll be back, win or loss. So thank you so much for listening, and go Pack Go. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.